The Sean Quinn Show on ESPN Radio, featuring everything Savannah State. Now, here's your host, Christian Gokel. Welcome into the Sean Quinn Show right here on ESPN Radio. Savannah, Christian Gokel, glad to have y'all hanging out with us here on this Thursday afternoon, recapping a big win, a SEAC win for your Savannah State Tigers as they take down Benedict 41-34 to and what was just a classic there at Ted Wright Stadium. And to break all of that down, the head football coach of the Savannah State Tigers, Sean Quinn. Coach, how are you doing today? Doing great, man. Just uh, getting ready for another another opportunity this weekend and excited to get our guys back out there in another home game in front of our fans and uh, ready to rock and roll. Still a lot of work to be done, but excited to get back on the field Saturday night. For sure. Morehouse College coming to Ted Wright this Saturday at 6 o'clock, but uh, we got to recap this Benedict College game, Coach. Again, 41-34, to 34, and this game was tied real late in the game. Uh, then you had Devon Gibbons just break off an absolutely awesome touchdown run. Ends up giving you guys the 41-34 to 34 lead. But, Coach, this game was kind of back and forth at the beginning. You guys then stretched out the lead. Uh, had a 34-13 to 13 lead there early in the third quarter, but Benedict able to scratch and claw their way back into this game just – like I said, kind of a game of highs and lows, of big leads, and then having to hold on at the end. Oh, yeah. Give them credit. They played hard, and uh, they made some plays. You know, we had the lead 34-13, and, you know, one thing I challenged our team this week is when we got that opportunity, we had to put them away, and we had two costly turnovers, which resulted in 14 points, and all of a sudden put them right back in the ball game, uh, two fumbles. And, uh, you know, one of those was a uh, scoop and score for six points. So we got to do a better job, take care of the football. And that's kind of been our nemesis a little bit here. We've got, we've got to do a better job with the turnovers and, uh, we've got to continue to pound that work on it. And, um, so as we get better with that, we'll play better. So we'll give them credit. And it was back and forth and really fortunate and thankful that our guys dug deep and the offense had a really nice drive to score late and defensively we got an interception in the last drive of the game to, to seal the game. So that was big. Coach, it was, it was two really familiar names that were producing uh, most of y'all's production on offense. Devon Gibbons and D'Angelo Durham. Uh, D'Angelo actually had the first two touchdowns of the game. Seemed like he was able to find a little bit more room uh, in this week than the weeks past. Yeah, I thought he played his best game and uh, really hasn't ran as well as I've wanted it to or, or he wants to or you know what we expect. And This was more on par with how we thought he would play and uh, offensive line did a great job and big thing too that I think we've done a better job of as the weeks have went along are perimeter blocks our receivers tight ends and, and other backs have blocked a lot better than they did early on the year and as we do that if we can cover people up on the perimeter that gives us a chance to break some big plays and you know we we're able to do that uh, which we didn't do early in the season and he goes for 62 yards and two touchdowns really 82 yards on the ground but a 20-yard loss uh kind of changes the net yard is there but Devon Gibbons coach as I mentioned he also had two touchdowns on the ground and 143 yards for Devon was that just people keying on that inside run game and him just making the right reads yeah you know you know obviously we're, we're a triple option team out of the gun and you know if they get the right read sometimes they're going to end up being the ball carrier sometimes they'll hand it off sometimes they'll pitch it and that's the great thing about our offense and, and kind of how they're designed and you know they kept giving him some things for him to go be able to keep the ball and when he did he did a nice job with it and you know made some home runs he scored a couple touchdowns and just really thought he played his best ball game of the year to this point and again on the ground the two touchdowns for him but take us back to that game-winning touchdown coach he breaks it for 30 plus yards 
down the sideline. And that was just one of those things where you have a, a big-time quarterback who's been there before making a play when his team needs it the most. Most definitely. And, you know, for us, the big thing was we were actually, you know, trying to get in field goal range and, and basically run the clock out and kick it with no time left. And, you know, he made a read, pulled it, and went down the sideline. Hey, that's even better than a field goal. And uh, just the offensive line and, the, like I said, Brent Carr, who's one of our big receivers, was a state champion wrestler, just made a great block 45 yards downfield. He's taking a corner and running him for about 25 yards and uh, just a great effort by him and the offensive line. And, you know, Devon just kind of went down the line, sideline and tightrope that thing for a touchdown. So it was exciting. And, uh, you know, first thing I thought was, all right, how much time's on the clock? And, yeah. you know, we don't need to let these guys score. So almost scored too fast there. Well, yeah, you had uh, Savannah native Eric Phoenix on the other side slinging the rock around for you guys. And he had some success or a lot of success through the air, Coach. But I thought what stood out was, uh, not able to find the end zone through the air. I know you don't like the 34 points given up, but one of them was a scoop and score touchdown. Seemed like you guys, maybe a lot of yardage between the 20s, but clamping down pretty well in the red zone. I thought the guys did a good job in the red zone, and uh, and we obviously gave them be better, but uh, we got some stops. And, you know, what I've learned defensively is it's do they score points and do you stop them on third down in the red zone? That's the most important thing. And, you know, they're averaging 43 points a game, so – um, you know, we wanted to keep them under their average, and we felt like we could score some points and move the football. And, you know, we, we feel like we've got offense that's got a chance to be pretty good, and we felt like our guys need to play their best game on offense. And they did, and they answered the bell. So um, there was some good things out of it. We've just got to do a better job of managing, you know, when we've got the lead and, and finishing somebody off. And then secondly, when momentum is against us, you know, being able to handle that. And, and I thought – you know, the third quarter and into the fourth early that we it did look great. And then that finally we kind of stiffened up there and made some plays. And, you know, it was big to get a win. You, yeah, I'm one of those guys who won't win. Oh, yeah. I'm not worried about foul points. And a lot of folks, you know, obviously, you want them all to be blowout victories, but that's not re- realistic is find a way to win them and, 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 you know, have one more than them or, you know, uh, is always a good feeling. Coach Anash Carter continues to be lightning in a bottle. Uh, only three touches for him, but he goes for 99 yards. Yeah, guy's got good football player, man. He touches the ball and good things happen. He's also a really good returner for us. And, uh, you know, he makes us go. He put great effort, great energy. The guy practices hard. He's not only a great player, but he's a great practice player. And uh, he's about the right stuff. We're really glad he's here with us. I know with the triple option, it can be kind of hard to guarantee touches or, like, put down, hey, I want to get this guy at least 10 touches. But is he a guy you, you got to find ways to get the ball to more? Because, again, just the three touches, but he, he made the most of it. Definitely. He's a guy that you got to figure out creative ways to get the ball in his hands because he's going to make people miss. And, you know, those are kind of, those are hard to, to find. He reminds me of the receiver that Florida had last year that went to the Giants. And yeah, Kadarius Tony. That's a good one. Yeah, he just kind of, when the ball's in his hand, man, something special is going to happen. And, uh, you know, as a defensive coach, he's just a hard guy to, you know, to bottle up. And you can have the perfect player coverage, and he, he's going to make somebody miss, and he's quick as all get out. And, uh, you know, he's you know, just a really good football player. And, and like I said, we're glad he's here with us. And uh, he's been a good leader for us. And, and, you know, he's made plays since day one, since he's been here. And, uh, you know, people asked me a long time ago about, you know, hey, who do you play older players? He came in and beat out a senior his freshman year, was an entrenched starter. And uh, you know, here he is as a sophomore making tons of plays and one of our leaders of captains of our team. Coach, flipping over to the defensive side of the ball, a name maybe – Fans haven't heard a ton, but a huge game out of Marvin Gruncy there. Uh, he has eight total tackles and an interception. Yeah, 
you know, Marvin is an interesting story, a transfer guy, just a quality, super quality young man. He's uh, going to graduate in December and just, uh, man, just really come in here. And, it, you know, he's been on his own since he was a, a young guy and, and lived on his own and, and kind of raised himself, man. And he is just a go-getter. And he's really learned the defense. And, you know, he missed some time in camp with an injury and, and has come back and playing really well right now. Super glad we got him. And uh, he's been a good fit and a good addition to our football team. And I'm really excited to see what he can do this year. And Coach, a uh, sophomore for you guys out of Jacksonville, Naeem Bozeman, a big game for him as well. Seven total tackles. Playing well. We missed him in the spring, and uh, you know he's been a steady guy for us, and just uh, you know continues to play good football. Uh, just one of those guys when you watch the film, he just jumps out and long, athletic, can run, and just a super good guy, and uh, been one of our leaders from day one. And excited to see how much better he can get. Um, you know we've had good success recruiting down in Jacksonville, and had some guys on our team. You know a number of guys that start for us from that area, and he's a he's a great guy and comes from a good family and. Uh, I'd like to offer his dad a scholarship. He looks like he can <laughs> play, too. Coach, flipping back over to the opposite side of the ball and wrapping up uh, this big win for you guys, is is the quarterback situation just going to be fluid uh, as we go? JT Hardish did, did get in. He completed a pass for 32 yards and had some rushing attempts. Is that just going to be a fluid situation as you guys go through games? Yep. Here's our philosophy here. We're going to do whatever we got to do to win, and that means whatever we got to do. And I've said this to you a hundred times. If we got to go put pink tutus on and stand on our yep. heads on victory to win, that's what we'll do. But, you know, for us, we're going to play the guy that we think gives us a better chance. And each week that can change a quarterback. Both guys are very able. You know, the week before, JT played really, really outstanding against Livingstone and really outplayed Devon. And then Devon had a great week of practice and then played really well. So, you know, both guys – we're fortunate can play, but also they're they're good buddies and they cheer for each other. So they're definitely in this thing together, which is great because I've been in situations where it wasn't like that. And uh, JT handled it really well and and was super excited in the locker room that we won. And you know he's got a chance to be our quarterback for the future. You know would be only being a sophomore, um, but you know it's just the way it was. You know there's no set formula, and I'm a big believer in you know whatever we got to do to win, and whoever we feel like gives us the best chance that week, we'll do it. They're both a little different, but similar in the fact they can both run and throw and they know the offense so it gives us a little bit more flexibility in case people are playing us a certain way is there any question that a coach gets that he dislikes more than quarterback questions uh you know there's probably a few others <laughs> i don't mind the quarterback question i mean you know i've just seen coach saban and dan mullen this year it's just if there's if there's ever any questions about the quarterbacks it just seems like coaches get prickly no, I, I don't. It doesn't bother me. You know, it's uh, sometimes if you, you know when you get in the playing time or you know like uh, you know what Yanni song you like, I might question that a little bit. But uh, as far as most things, I'm I'm pretty open. And you know, I know we're fortunate. A lot of people don't have one quarterback, and we've got two guys sure. we're excited about. We've got some other guys that we really like on our roster. So Coach Demasi and the offensive staff and our whole staff, for that matter, has really done a good job recruiting and. You know, we feel like we got a couple quarterbacks down the line that could be future guys for us. We got two guys injured and out for the year, and so we got two other guys plus the four we got. So we feel like, you know, with this offense, one thing I love about it is you can recruit guys, and if they don't play quarterback, they can go play receiver, defensive back, because the guys all have to be able to run with what we do on offense, and and they got to be able to throw it pretty good. And so I think that gives us a lot of flexibility with our roster. And so we got a couple good young ones that we're really excited about um, that are local guys, and we'll see which one of those guys ends up being the guy later on down the line. Coach, before we take a break, I, I think 
I'd get in trouble if I didn't go bad because last week, I don't want to say I gave him a hard time. I just asked if he was struggling. Kenneth Lockhart had a tough week a couple weeks ago. Now he comes back and he's perfect on the day. Two for two on field goals, five for five on extra points. Uh, banged a touchback there for you guys. It was kicking off really well. Just uh, big to have a kicker that solid, uh, especially in a conference game. Yeah, you know, I, got, I give a thousand percent of the credit to him. He worked his butt off all summer. He He's one of our leaders, one of our captains. He didn't play well in the Livingstone game, addressed the team, and uh, said, hey, I'm going to fix this. And, you know, he didn't play well, but he came back and kicked. You know, hopefully that was him getting that the bad game out of his system. And, uh, man, he was lights out the other night. And, you know, it's not always going to go perfect. You know, every you know, you know, know, in golf, you're not always going to hit 300-yard drives and they're on the green and you want, you know, you one or two putt everything. So, sure. um you know, he had one of those games that he would like to forget, and he came back and made it forgettable, and, and really did a nice job. So, he's got he's got a strong leg, man. We're really fortunate he's with us, and again, another great local player from Bradwell, just down the road uh, from Bradwell Institute, and uh, we're just excited. To, you know, he's a young guy that's got a bright future ahead of him. One and zero in SEAC play. Another conference game coming up this Saturday as Morehouse comes to town. We'll dive into that next, right here on the Sean Quinn Show on ESPN Radio, Savannah. The Sean Quinn Show on ESPN Radio. Morehouse coming to Savannah State, a big conference game, and Coach Sean Quinn on the line with us. Coach, uh, Morehouse, a team, struggled to start the year. They're 0-3 entering this game and have really, it seems, struggled to score points. If you, As you guys have uh, dove into film study, what, what do you think has been causing the struggles? And, and I've spoken to some coaches about this. You never want to be the get-right game. Well, I would say this. They've played three outstanding teams that on paper are favored to win. So um, they played really good football teams off the bat. West Alabama and West Georgia and Miles are all premier teams. Um, and frankly, we'd be underdogs playing all three of those teams ourselves. So um, they've played three quality teams, and uh, they've done a really nice job offensively. I think they're I think they're dynamic on offense. They've had a couple costly turnovers and uh, – but they, they get in a lot of formations. They do a lot of different stuff. Um, they're the flagship school of our conference. They're the most preached, prestigious school. They're like, in essence, the Harvard or Yale. Um, you know, lots of famous alumni, lots of famous supporters. I think Oprah, a lot of the major stars, you know, support Morehouse. And just, uh, you know, they're, they kind of, they're in charge of the league. They set a lot of the tone for the rest of the conference on initiatives and where the league is. And, you know, we're just Savannah State, little blue-collar little school over here, and we're just trying to get ready to play. Well, Coach, you guys had a pretty awesome crowd on hand uh, for that game last week as you opened up the home season uh, last week against Livingston College. What did that mean to see the crowd packed out the way it was and to be as engaged as they were? It was great. It was great. You know, college football is unique, and one of the uniqueness of it is just the fan and uh, involvement and just what they do and, and how they make the crowds and uh, make it so electric. And, you know, our fans did a great job and they were loud and it was fun and our players feed off of that. And that's one of the reasons we wanted to play a bunch of home games with the hope that we could have good crowds and continue to win and continue to build it and continue to make it where people in Savannah want to come cheer for us and root for us. And, you know, that has always been the case. So a lot of work still to be done. But, you know, I'll, I'll say this, man, it was great to be at home and have the folks excited and, we just got to keep doing our part on the field. And you say a lot of work to be done there, Coach, and just in terms of the game day at Savannah State, making that just a part of 
what you guys want to do going forward of building a program, building something that just people, it's just understood that when football season rolls around six times a year, at least you're going to be going to a Savannah State game. What steps can you guys take as a program uh, to help with the community and just becoming that pillar in it? Well, we got to win because people want to be associated with winners. And then we got to continue to be involved in our community and do things and be givers, not takers. And, you know, one thing we've, we've got to do here, we've got to get the corporations and businesses involved. Obviously, we need a facility, a weight room, locker room, training facility, you know, and right now we don't have that. And something we're trying to, to get eventually and, you know, and get in businesses involved because, you know, at Georgia Southern and some of your mid-level 1As, they all have done a good job of involving companies and corporations. And that goes a long way towards, um, you know, putting us in position to, you know, to be able to do some things that your state budget won't allow for. So I think really just us being engaged in the community and continuing to win and create a product that people want to be associated with. I would like us to be the college football version of the Savannah Bananas. Fun, successful, and give people a reason. I really like what they do and what they're about. And I would love for us to kind of, you know, that's kind of try to be our mantra here as a program is to have, be fun, be engaged, kind of be unique and different than everybody else. And, uh, you know, obviously, like I said, winning makes that thing more attractive to people. And there's a huge fan base here. and There's a huge group of people here in the city that, you know, could be Georgia fans, Georgia Southern, Georgia Tech fans. But those schools are all a long way away, hundreds of miles, drives, hour drives, two-hour drives, five-hour drive, whatever it may be. And, you know, so we want to give them some reason here to, to, to uh, cheer for the local team. Another chance to catch your Tigers coming up this Saturday as Morehouse comes to town. 6 p.m. kick, just perfect. We talked about this last week. You go watch the game three hours later. It's 9 o'clock. You can hit up River Street. Couldn't time out any better. Coach, we really appreciate the time, and look forward to seeing you out there on Saturday. Go Tigers, and we'll see you uh, Saturday at 6 p.m. Thanks, brother. And that's going to do it for this week's edition of the Sean Quinn Show. we got Braves baseball up next right here on ESPN Radio.